All right, today we're going to continue reading from Psalms. We are currently at Psalm 102. So we're going to read that uh, little note at the beginning of that psalm. It says, A prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. So here we are. David pouring out his complaint. It says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the days of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. I don't know if I've ever had that problem, but... I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl in the of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day, my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink. Because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an even evening shadow. I wither away like grass. That dude sounds really depressed, doesn't he? Does that sound really depressed? Anyone feel like that? Man, but, I always love the buts in the Bible, right? But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. Yes. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Praise the Lord for that. Praise you, Jesus. He doesn't despise our prayers. He hears our prayers. He answers them. Whatever your prayer is this morning, he wants to answer it. He has an answer. He is the only answer. So we turn to him for, for everything. Stand with me this morning. We'll pray. Father, we thank you so much that you do not dis despise our prayers. I thank you that you answer us in our distress, in our despair, when we're depressed, when we're lonely. God, when we feel like we have nothing else, we turn to you and we thank you that you answer our prayers. You are there. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that, I pray that all the prayers that are going out this morning from this congregation and from, from, from this area, Lord Jesus, that, that you would answer them. You are a God that is so big, can answer them all. 
We thank you for it. We praise you and give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are entering into the season when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Unfortunately, that was just the beginning. It was new life for him, but when he died, it was new life for us. And we're going to take a moment just to remember that. Even though we're in the season of his birth, we're going to take some time to remember also his death because that's what brings us new life. So if the ushers would come forward and as we begin to take some time to remember and commune. Just read a little bit from Luke 22 as they come forward. It says, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat and eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he gave thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took of the bread. And when he had given, when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten it, saying, This is the cup that is poured out for you, and is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. So he took the cup, and he gave thanks. He said, this is the cup of my blood shed for you and for all men so that your sins may be forgiven. And the bread was broken. He said, this is my body broken for you. And we remember that this morning. We remember the blood shed and the body broken. He was beaten, bruised, battered in ways we can't even imagine for our sake so that we can have new life, new life in Him, so that we can be born again. So as you come forward this morning, remember that, take a moment just to remember what He did for us and the, the extent, the degree to what he, the degree in which He went to so that we might be saved, that we might have life eternal. He did it all. He, he did it all. He took it all on the cross. So we praise Him for that. Father, we thank you so much for your blood that you shed for us. 
You didn't have to do it, but you wanted to. We thank you that you went through the beating, the battering that you did, so that we don't have to. Our sins are paid for. They're forgiven. They're done. You said it is finished on the cross. We thank you for that. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. We remember you this morning. We remember what you did for us on the cross. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come forward and receive the elements. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here. I'll be, I'll be here all week. So. This morning, well, theoretically, I'll be here all week. I have a couple of uh, testimonies this morning. Ricky, why don't you come on up? Ricky uh, had something exciting happen this week. And, and Stephanie, why don't you come up, too? I told him I was going to dance, but I'm not going to dance. Let her rip. Let her rip. <laughs> I need I need Lorene back to do that. I don't know if she's back yet. She's not. <laughs> anyway, um, many of you know my daughter Sarah. And last spring, okay, I don't know if. I can. Yeah, just dance. That'll take our mind off of you not remembering anything. <laughs> Last spring, she was diagnosed with a very aggressive, I think it was stage four or five, breast cancer. Uh, the prognosis was not very good. I know a lot of people have been praying. Um, and in something I don't understand, God gave me peace from the beginning. He gave me a peace inside about it. About maybe six weeks ago, when I was in prayer, he did ask me if I was willing to release her. And that was scary. Um, And I found that I could, but in a way that maybe only my, the friends that are the same age as me understand, I could release her because I knew I'd soon be with her if I had to. Anyway, but she did, she completed 24 weeks of chemo, which was really, really harsh. They kept increasing and changing it because at first it wasn't working. And anyway, she went into Lakeview this week and had surgery. Um, had to have a double mastectomy. The pathology report came back totally cancer-free. I know, I know, I know in my knowing that this is an answer to prayer because I really believe without that, who knows? But I know God answered. And 
as we're taught, he's got a plan for all of us. And we kept speaking those words over, Sarah. So even the worst, uh, Denny Lemire was one of my, yeah, I watched him and I watched him look, get so thin and look so bad. And when they said that he was free, I thought, okay, good. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, I just praise God for that. And I am dancing on the inside, even though you guys can't see it. <laughs> so um, I changed jobs about oh, four months ago now, and um, but I'd been there 13 and a half years, so I had a lot of good connections and a lot of people I really care about and love. And this last week, um, God put it in my heart to check in on someone. And um, because when I'd left, he had just had, well, a couple months before he died, had surgery and for to remove cancer off his tongue. And so I checked in with him, and he had said, um, I, I emailed him, and I just said, hey, how's it going? You miss me yet? <laughs> and then, you know, you know, how are you doing? You know, do you need prayer? And he emailed back right away, and he said, yeah, I do, because... Um, I, I just I had a scan last week, but I waited till this Thursday to hear what the results are. And this was Tuesday this week, and so God's timing is perfect, isn't it? Um, and He said even in his email that He goes, "This must be a God thing." And I said, "Oh my goodness, this poor man!" <laughs> I came back. First of all, I, I stopped and I praised God. I praised God for this chance to. Um, to lift my friend up, and to, you know, I asked him for what are the right words. What what do I speak to this man? And um, it was it was wonderful. I had a great session of prayer, and then I went to the phone, and I created this extremely long email, and that had so much scripture. It said, "You will not die, but live, and declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord." And just you know, do not fear. You know, Second Timothy one seven. We all love that one. And I you know, I just kept giving him all that God had put in me to say, "No, this cancer will not win." You will, and I will stand with you. And so, put together this email. I stopped and checked it. I'm like, okay, God, is, is this really what you want me to send him? Because it was a lot. And I know, you know, he's he's Catholic, so he's he's got a good faith. But I didn't want to scare him away. <laughs> and so, boom, I sent the email. That was Tuesday night. No response. Wednesday morning, I get up. Kathy had given me this list of declarations. And I looked at him like, oh, here's some good stuff for my friend. <laughs> he needs a little bit more. So I emailed him. I said, okay, I hope I'm not, you know, scaring you, know, scaring you or this is too much. But you need to hear this because, you know, what you declare over your life, that is what's going to happen. Our declarations are powerful. You know? And so I gave him that. It was about half the size of an email. It wasn't quite so bad. <laughs> Sent it off. No response all day. And this was Wednesday, and his, you know, his test results were coming Thursday. So Thursday morning, I get up, no response. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, and the enemy was using it going, hey, he didn't want, didn't want to hear that or it was too much or whatever. And I stood on it. I said, no, this is truth. I gave my friend truth, and um, I'm expecting a good report. So next morning, I, I, meet, I texted him. I just said, hey, um, um, I'm praying for you, and I'm expecting a good report. And about an hour later, came back the good report that he is clear. That scan was clear. So I give God praise. Praise him. He is a healer. And 
and I'm so grateful to have been used that way. And um, just, I pray that for all of us, just to listen to that, the voice, you know, is somebody put on your heart? You're put on your heart for a reason. And uh, speak truth to them and don't be afraid. And Amen. So thank you. Hallelujah. Well, as John said this morning, we are in December. And, uh, you know, if you've been here for any length of time, been here for a number of years, you've probably heard me to say that that, uh, this month, this season, Christmas, is always a hard time for me to teach because, you know, it's the same sermon every year, right? It's the same it's the same verses it's the same message he came glory to god for god so loved the world he sent his only begotten son and that's you know it isn't for me it isn't a season it's life right it's every day we celebrate his birth every day and then you add on top of it he wasn't born in december he was born in september just so you know you know, I mean, it, you might be something, if I'm wrecking anybody's theology, I apologize a little bit. He was actually born on September 9th, Pastor Greg's birthday, Pastor, and Tommy, oh, yeah, sorry, Tom, sorry. <laughs> wow. Quick to jump to conclusions here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not just a season, is it? It's life for us. It's life. Celebrating His birth, His life, His resurrection. You know, we, we receive communion monthly, but, but even that, the celebration of communion is not just a monthly event. It's a daily, it should be a daily event. That, not that we have to have the, the juice and the gluten-free bread and the, you know, the things like that, but it's the idea that we're communing with Him Amen. on a daily basis. That's what this is all about. All of this is about the fact that He came so that we could have communion every single day with Him. When Adam and Eve were on the earth, they, uh, before they sinned, it says that God came down and walked with them daily in the cool of the day. And that's just amazing. And that same relationship is what He desires for us. Amen? And it should affect our every day. Turn with me to Isaiah Chapter 9. Yes, children, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Pastor Karen and the children are, those that are leaving with her, are you dismissed? Have a wonderful time practicing your play, Christmas play. Two Sundays from now will be the children's Christmas play. We're looking forward to that. Isaiah chapter 9. We're actually going to begin in verse 2. Usually at this time of year, we start in a different place. But I don't know what it is this year, but I'm, I'm, I'm more in the Christmas mood than usual. So, isn't that weird? Just weird. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9, begin with verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Increased its joy. Increased its joy. 
they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Well, I'm, I'm glad the kids left because you know, it's kind of a grim sight. The verses we're about to read is the ones that we always hear this time of year. For unto us a child is born. But do you know that leading up to it, in context, it's actually talking about a horrific time in Israel's past. It's talking about a, a, a very tumultuous, a very they were, they were being uh, oppressed. They were, they were in exile. When there was no hope, they were they were being they were overrun by a foreign nation. They were they were under oppression. They were slaves. And in the midst of that, God through Isaiah is saying, "Have joy, have joy." We're we're coming into the holiday season, the Christmas season, and in this time, if we take a step back from church, you know we're we're in the four walls right now, so we're in a safe place. We're in a we're in a common place here. But if you have read the news this morning, which I did not, for once, if you've been watching the news, if you've been looking at the world situation, it's tumultuous out there. It's a mess out there. It's it's dark, great darkness, great oppression. But praise God, in the midst of it, we should have joy. If anyone should have joy, it's us. If anyone should have peace, it's us. And Isaiah, God through Isaiah, is saying that those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now go down to verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In the midst of that suffering, in the midst of that tumult, there is hope. In the midst of the, what, what they were going through, Isaiah is encouraging them and giving them a, a, a prophecy to say, have hope, have joy, have peace. In the midst of this season. Now, strangely enough, I'm not going to be talking about how we're supposed to affect them out there. I mean, them out there being the, the bigger unsaved world. We need to really bring it home. And we need to bring it home early. Usually, like I say, I don't usually talk about Christmas until much closer or as soon as 
on the day as close as possible. But this year, what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit is this month can be really stressful. This month is so busy, so full of stuff, so many things you have to do, and there's so many expectations on every person. There's so many things that people are expecting from you, and there's so many things that you're expecting from yourself. But in the midst of it, He wants you to have peace. How many of you are having a, a family dinner at your home so for this Christmas season? And how many are? And everything has to be perfect, right? Now, now let me let's see a show of hands there again. Uh, how many of you, you think it has to be perfect? Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. You want it to be, don't you? It's, it's during this time when, when memories are made. This is during this time when, when uh, the kids are maybe only home for a short period or, or it's the things you're thinking is what they're going to remember for the rest of their life. So you have to, it has to be just right. It has to be just so. But in that, it causes stress. In that, it causes tumult. How many of you think your mother-in-law th- expects it to be perfect? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I see. laughs> exactly. That causes tumult. Oh my goodness. That causes stress. Peace. Peace. You know what? You're okay. You know what? You're okay. You're enough. Husbands, turn to your wife, look them deeply in the eyes, and say, you're enough. That was very quiet. Nobody, you, you, you lipped it, didn't I? I didn't even hear. He laughed. He laughed. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Look, look each other deeply in the eyes and say, you are enough. That was better. Now say it with conviction. We'll get there. Ladies, we'll get there. You are enough. No, no, no. Not not that's enough. No, no, no. You are enough. Now, wives, look back at your husband. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. See, here's the deal. Because it's hard, isn't it? Why? Because on one side of it, husbands, if you're actually thinking maybe they're not enough, You need to deal with that. On the other side of it, if the wife is hearing that from you, and they're thinking, sure. That's tough. That needs to be dealt with now. That needs to be dealt with here. Don't wait for another year. Don't wait for another season. Parents, look at your kids and say to look them deeply in their eyes and tell them, You're enough. You're enough. Ethan, you're enough. (laughs) All right. I can tell you need more word. 
Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Beginning with verse 38. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me now. What does that have to do with Christmas? Everything, yeah. Everything. Don't they realize how much work this is? Don't they realize how many hours I put into this? Don't they realize? I hope they they appreciate this. If we're struggling with that, and that isn't just a married thing, that's a that's a individual thing. If if there's sometimes that expectation of perfectness is because you don't even you don't even feel like yourself that you're enough. So now look at yourself deeply and say, You're enough. You're enough. Now, this isn't a self-help week. This isn't a, I am a skilled iron worker. (laughs) I am good. I am strong. No. But what it is, is is a checkup on your honesty. The words that you're saying are not to encourage. I mean, it it really isn't to encourage. What I'm doing this morning is, is trying to locate where you're at. The feelings that when somebody looked at you and said, you're enough, and you went, yeah, right. Or if you looked at someone else and went, you're enough. Ah, didn't really mean that, but. They say that Christmas, this holiday season, is one of the loneliest times of the year for people. It's one of the times of the year when depression runs deepest. It's one of the times where the most stress in families happen because everybody's expecting everything to be perfect and or they have expectations that aren't met. And it isn't about the season. It really, do you want to know what the, where it stems from? Is all the way back to the first thing we talked about communion with God. How do we expect to to affect the world around us? How do we expect to to touch the lives of people at our workplace or in our families, our extended families, or, or even within the valley or even worldwide? How do we expect to really have an impact on them when our, deeply, our relationship with God is strained? Not on his side. He, he looks at you. His word says, you're enough. When you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. When you were still, when you were lost completely, he looked down and said, you're worth dying for. You're worth me coming to this earth for. You read in that, you know, the verses in Isaiah, right? He, he says, that in uh, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, 
on them light has shone. How much more you? How much more me? We need to get that sorted out. He loves you. He loves you. Say, He loves me. Now that that sounded way better, didn't it? A lot more. You know, know, how do we know that? Because the word says so. And the moment you love yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as. Isn't that interesting? Who are the three people you should love? God first, others second. But how you love others is based about how you're okay, how you know God loves you. And until we get that sorted out, this this year does not have to be stressful. This year doesn't have to have baggage carried through it. And the way that we not carry the baggage through this year is deal with it now. Deal with it today. Freedom. Freedom. He want, he, for freedom, He has set you free. He loves you. He loves you. And He gave His Son for you. That's what this season is all about. That's what Christmas is, is really all about. That's what even you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I, I, you know, in many ways, I like Thanksgiving better because you know, we're really giving thanks for the things that He's done for us. We, but then Christmas sometimes, you know, many times, gets very selfish. Even that I want everything to be perfect for this group means I really want it to be perfect so I can feel good about myself. And I attach some, some sort of event and some sort of perfectness of how the event pulled off into my own self-worth. No, the reality is, He loves you. And in that love, you're set free. One last set of verses. Jude chapter 1. Begin with verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves. By praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. He never leaves us. The word, his word says He never leaves us and He never forsakes us. Never. So why do we have to keep ourselves? Because we're the ones who pull that, pull away from that. We're the ones that think, I'm not enough. We're the ones that, that put qualifications and standards on performance. And the, the moment, the moment, the moment you start to feel sorry for yourself, it's pride. 
I deserve more. But I, you won't even give yourself the break. You won't, even, you won't even allow yourself to be loved. Now, you might think, well, that's, that's a, a very far extreme. No, it can happen in a very small area. Small things, little things. You, you, you won't accept the love, the fact that God loves you. And so if, if God is, is upset with me, God's mad. No, He's not. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's, he is always constantly, His mercies are new every morning. But you have to be okay with that. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? It's by being with Him. Spending time with Him and praying in the Holy Spirit. Last week, we, we prayed twice during the service. And I, I have this idea we're going to be doing that more and more. And the reason being is, is even though we're one of those churches, we're a Spirit-filled church, we're a Holy Spirit, we, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, we, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe in the, the anointing of God in our lives, we can, in our daily life, whenever you don't practice it, whenever you don't uh, act upon it on a regular basis, you, it's one of those things you can forget. And in that, the power, Jude says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. And praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt, saving others by snatching them. It's not until you get yourself sorted out does he talk about snatching others from the fire. Like I say, it's, this again is not a self-help thing. This is not a, you know, these six easy steps to feel good about yourself this holiday season. No, no, no. This is about being effective in these end days being effective and powerful and impacting people's lives. Your life, my life has to be sorted out. We have to know who we are and be confident in that. That doesn't mean there's days where we don't you know, get, get pummeled, but that's when we build ourselves up in the Holy Ghost. We, build, we pray in the Spirit. We build ourselves up in faith. To stay in the love of God. Our understanding of the love of God. Our acceptance of the love of God. And in that, then you'll have confidence to reach out to somebody else. Why don't Christians worldwide, why don't, you know, why has the church in America really become less and less effective? It's because we're just, we're always struggling with who we are. Let alone trying to figure out how to, how to work, how to serve the lost. So let's all stand for a moment, please. Like I said, we're one of those churches with, with explanation. We don't, we don't just pray in the Spirit just to, you know, show off. We don't do it to impress anybody. We, but this morning, it's good to practice spiritual things. It's good to put into practice spiritual things. gifts the other thing is this is i've heard 
the Holy Spirit say recently, prime the pump. How many of you ever used one of those, those hand pump pumps? My brother, I helped him remodel his house years and years ago, and the only well he had was a hand pump in his house. I thought, he is so old. But if you know, I remember, the first thing I remember about those old pumps was when you push the handle, nothing happened. Why? Because you have to prime it. The leathers were dried out, exactly. For young people are going, what in the world are they talking? <laughs> oh, sweetheart. My wife just said, what are they talking about? You're so young. <laughs> Leathers, they're round little discs that are on the end of the pump, and then when they get dry, they, when they go up and down, in, if they're in the pipe, and they're, and they're, they're going up and down, it, it doesn't actually, no water will come out. We need a PowerPoint diagram, is what we need to know. But the way you do it is you actually pour water, you pour water down into it first and get it wet, and then when you pump it, it'll cause suction and it'll suck the water out. So this morning, we're going to prime the pump. If you feel like running, just have, find Ricky and dance. That's, yeah. Amen? So we're going to pray in the Spirit just for a few moments. And we're, and we're going... Oh, praise the Lord. All right. So we're going to pray in the Spirit and pray out loud. Okay? Pray out loud because the, the Bible didn't, didn't say, uh, and they will, they will think in other tongues. All right? It says, it says they spoke in other tongues, all right? And you don't have to yell it and scream it. If you want to, go ahead. But we're just going to pray in the Spirit for a few moments, all right? Here we go. Ready? Hallelujah. 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 If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you've never been filled, the Word says you ask. Just say, Holy Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And it says when you ask, He will fill you. So just ask. You don't have to wait. You don't have to, nobody has to lay hands on you. Just say, Father, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And then by faith, begin to speak. Before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, keep praying, go ahead and keep praying. Before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to be born again. That's the first step. Be, be born again, accept and receive what Jesus has done in your life. And when He, when he uh, saves you, when you're born again, then you're, you're, you can have the Holy Spirit and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Alright, just stop for just a moment. I've had a number of people say to me that, that they've begun praying in the Spirit more during the week as you're driving along, as you're working. And I, that's, that to me is encouraging. Be praying in the Spirit. It's, you're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to be empowered to be a witness. And it builds you up. Do you want to make it through this holiday season, this Christmas season with joy and with power? 
Stay in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up in faith. Build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. And as you do that, then He'll give you opportunities out there to be a witness. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. It's good to get filled up with God. It's good to get filled up with, with, uh, with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to Your name. Father, we thank You so much for the Holy Spirit. We thank You, Lord, that You did not leave us here by ourselves. That Your Word says when on that night that You were betrayed and You were explaining how the Holy Spirit was going to come and lead us into all truth. I thank You, Father, that, that Your plan worked perfectly. It worked exactly like You had planned from the very beginning that Jesus would, would come and live and, and die for our sins on the cross. And that when He rose again, that the Holy Spirit was then free to come and fill us once again. To fill mankind to overflowing. To have that communion on a regular basis. Lord, we need more of You. We need more of Your Spirit. We need more of Your power. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for what You've done for us. Lord, we give You glory, honor, and praise. And Father, this season, I pray that this Christmas season will be the best ever. Not because the food was perfect and the timing was perfect and the decorations were perfect, but because You're perfect. Because You love us. And as we celebrate that love, joy does truly fill the earth. Joy does truly fill the season. And Lord, I pray then that it overflows. As we are filled up, that we're our lives touching other lives in work, in school, in life, especially when we get together with family and friends this Christmas, that Your love will flow over to them and they'll even say, this is the best Christmas ever because of You, because of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.